David, and welcome back to another episode of Changing of the Times. I'm your host, Josh Daishi, alongside my colleague, David Ulek. David, we begin week 10, already more than halfway through the NFL season. Last week, we saw some great games. We saw Miami with Tua, Tua Bailoa, uh get, the, get, a, get a, a big win over Kyler Murray in Arizona. We also saw another shootout amongst quarterbacks in Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, who are early MVP candidates. And then we saw a Sunday night game matched up with uh, two Hall of Famers and Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady. And uh, Tom Brady did not, he looked like a guy ready for retirement instead of being a Hall of Famer. David, your thoughts overall on the weekend? I, I thought, yeah, I thought there, there were two very, two extremely um, interesting matchups before the weekend. I thought they both gave extremely interesting outcomes both as you referred to the Seahawks and the Bills where the Bills kind of are in that are they a contender are they a pretender you know where are they you know they come out and they have their best performance of the year when offense was humming you know Josh Allen's grandmother dies the day or week before the game at some point I don't remember the exact story but has its best game of his career they win 44-34. Russell Wilson struggles a little bit, maybe something like three turnovers, four turnovers. Yeah, a couple of INTs versus six out. Yeah, a couple, couple, couple of interceptions, a couple of fumbles, you know, whatever it was, one or two fumbles. You know, and the Bills played very well against the team that a lot of people are saying is the best team in the NFC. And the other game that really stood out, obviously, was the Bucks saints game, which wasn't really a game at all in any way, shape, or form. The Saints just came out and punched them in the mouth. And the Buccaneers just laid down in a field position and were just ready to take the beating that came all night. You know, Brady looked old. Offensive line didn't look good. And, yeah, the, and Drew Brees, for everyone who... He wants to write him off. Yeah, he looks Yeah, good. everyone, write him off, write him off, write him off. And... A little bit fairly so as far as you could say. There's definitely a decline, but shoot, Sunday night there was no decline. No, there really wasn't. I mean, how could you not think that Drew Brees can't come back and still play at this age? Like they talk about Tom Brady playing until 45. What makes you think that Drew Brees is slowing down after that performance? I mean, Drew Brees is the consummate, and it's a lot like Tom Brady when he plays anyone but a good team, when he plays the lower 500, below 500 teams of these guys like Brees and Brady. Yeah, they might not have the arm strength, but shoot, Breeze, everything on the field knows where to go with the ball within 15 yards. Yeah, well, you know, the, the interesting stat is New Orleans was the only team to ever sweep Tom Brady in a, in a, in a series. Really? Yeah, so Tom Brady, for, well, obviously, no offense, but he's played in the AFC East for like 20 years. Hasn't yeah. really been a team that, you know. But I guess if they're winning that division all the time. Yeah, so know. they, you know, they're always. It's still shocking, though, when you actually think about it. That's crazy. It really is. It really is. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to get a resident rover, Spencer Grosser. I'm not sure his uh, availability today, but um, I'm sure Spencer would have an interesting take on that. David, the other team that remains undefeated is the Pittsburgh Steelers. How they got to be undefeated, you know, I don't know. Some bad calls, in my opinion, in that Dallas Cowboys game. But either way, Pittsburgh prevailed late. And uh, Big Ben, you know, uh, continues to roll on as their 8 0 for the first time in their history. David, what do you like about Pittsburgh? Um, I think that they're just – do I think do, do I think that they're the elite team in the NFL? And, and I don't know, I do not. But this team is tough, you know. You know, 
it's one of these teams that the defense can step up and win a game in the 20s or in the teens, low teens. But also I do believe if defense is getting gashed, that the offense is good enough where, you know, Big Ben always will give you the opportunity to score in the 30, 35 points. So it's like kind of the team that can win both ways, you know. What amazes me is they always seem to have another guy emerging. You know, you talk about they had the Antonio Browns, they had no Juju, uh, Juju, um, yep. but now I mean Chris Claiborne, he's you know second round pick out of Notre Dame, who I was high on coming out. Uh, he's playing at a high level. They all uh, James Conner comes in for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, they're just a good team. They really are year in and year out. They grind, and it's not like they're pretty wins. They just kind of grind them through it. Yeah. Right? It's kind of, kind of exactly a better way of what I was referring to, grinding out the wins. Um, and the thing is, it's like, I don't know who the GM there is, if it's Mike Tomlin or someone else. I don't know exactly how the dynamic works. I don't know off the top of my head. That's where having a resident rover really doesn't, doesn't help us today, not having him. But the drafting just always seems to be there. I mean, a lot of people give, you know, the Patriots credit and things like that. You know, all we just keep on refueling, refueling, refueling. Well, Ben Roethlisberger was never Tom Brady, so the Patriots always had the better quarterback. That's very fair. I don't think anyone could really ever argue that. But, I mean, shoot, the Steelers always, as you're saying, reload in every position, whether it's defense, offense, linebacker, corner. Um, offensive line's always good. Always have playmakers at receiver. It's, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, TJ Watt's one of the best linebackers there is. And he was a third-round pick out of Wisconsin. Obviously, everyone knows his brother, JJ, but he's really played play himself uh, and have a solid year for them. You know, I saw um, I saw something else that popped up. Ben Roethlisberger and four other Steelers are in COVID protocol. Doesn't mean they have it. Um, uh, doesn't doesn't mean they have it, um, but. It, it, they may may or may not be ready for the Cincinnati game, which obviously the Bengals are not having a great year. I mean, Joe Burrow was putting up some great numbers, but it's it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, if if none of them have it, then they they will all be ready for the game. Obviously, yeah. So I mean, that's just the way the protocol will work, but it is worrisome. It's definitely worrisome. You know, they can put you put at risk. Um, David, let me ask you a question. So, uh, you have some of the owners uh, that, are, uh, that are taking some. Uh, they took some precautions this week, and have expanded the playoff format to six to to, to an additional game, just in case the games kind of like a real close on on the seedings in terms of who's going to get on, who's going to get who's going to get in that last week. Um. So, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think they made the right move with that? I think that's just. Um, I think that has nothing to do with. Um, anything other than they, they see a, a chance to potentially get another another game, two games in. And the owners are smart and it makes a little bit more money. And they'll say, well, it makes everything fair. I, I, I could agree with that, but this is just nothing more than a potential money grab, in my uh, opinion. Okay. It's the NFL. Let's put it this way. These are some. Of, this is the most financially savvy owners in the world. Why is it the most successful sport in America? You know, yeah. everyone can argue otherwise. It, 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 the financials would completely would completely back the NFL on that argument. They know what they're doing. I think. I just think that they know that if there needs to be another game, guess what? At the end of the day, it's more money. Do you think they're them. rooting for another game? Um. I haven't seen the details, so is it definitely 
like it's basically what? it's it's a precautionary plan like with regard to it because you know how like a lot of the a lot of teams late in the conferences like late like the, that like last week they're always playing for that particular uh, team within their division yeah and they somehow seem to be matching up and playing against a team that could potentially well if that game gets pushed off you know i think it's kind of grandfathered in that they'll be you know they'll okay so if there are no more cancellations the it will only be seven teams each side yes Okay, so I don't think that they're rooting for it, but obviously that the owners are basically saying, "Hey, if we lose games, we gotta make up some games and make our money." Sure, absolutely, David. As a whole, how do you think? How would you rate how the NFL has handled COVID nineteen protocol this year? I think, um, I think for the most part, it's been pretty well. I think we're gonna learn a lot over these next um, what is it, seven weeks now, eight weeks left. Um, I mean, you have cases surging all throughout the U.S. And, I mean, I'm talking about absolutely rampantly surging. I mean, double where we were, I think, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. and We're over 10 million cases right now. And I'm, I'm talking about per day. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I think we were at like one th- – like I looked at yesterday, we were like like 135,000 cases yesterday – or not yesterday, um, whatever it was. Um, They were reported on Monday. There so, is a vaccine that's coming, it looks like. Yeah, but none of those players are going to be getting it. Um, but that, that has nothing to do with what, what, where I'm going with. Vaccine has nothing to do with what I'm going to say. You know, you're going to find out how good these protocols are soon. Because, if you know, people are projecting in the next you know, few weeks we're going to be over 200,000 cases a day. Well, shoot, you're going to find out if these protocols really work. I mean, are these guys really socially distancing? Are these guys really staying in? I, you know, that's a great question. I really don't know, honestly. Yeah. I, I could uh, I because we know. haven't had the outbreaks that we've had in college necessarily, except for maybe like the Titans, like week two or three. Yeah. Sure. But you know, we'll find out if they're like, you know, everyone. Well, they're kind of like they're in an isolated town bubble, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're kind of like they're kind of in a bubble process. We'll find out if they actually are soon. Yeah, oh, that's a good point, David. So you know, as, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you're going to have you're starting to have to see other sports like basketball is coming back. I don't believe they're going to go back to the bubble format. That's they're about a month and a uh, half out. Uh, the NHL is coming back. I don't know if they're going to go to the bubble format. Yeah, NHL's format is going to be very interesting. Yeah, um, obviously, college football has not been in the bubble format, and that's been fine. You know, you've seen games get canceled, but for the most part, teams are playing. Um, uh, Wisconsin was, I believe, the hardest hit so far. They they had to miss out on two games. You know what that means for their season. I, I don't think I don't think it'll be valid. Uh, I don't think well, they play off anyway. Uh, we we, we got to remember with Wisconsin is the only reason why it seems like Wisconsin's been hit any harder than so, a couple of these other programs early is because they have a shorter season. Sure. Like Florida's missed missed um two games. Yeah. I mean, there, there are other programs out there that missed two, three, four games, but Wisconsin just seems to be the, you know, because it, there's a little bit more microscope on the Big Ten starting late, and then boom, you start late, and then you miss two games. Yeah, that's where the a little bit of a bigger microscope that came on the program. Yeah. David, you know, we're getting back to the NFL. I want to talk about some of the, some of the stats. There's a quarterback yeah. out there that just tied Dan Marino for most wins through 30 games. He's 25-5. and five. You know who I'm talking about? Um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, no, no, he not, not that, Baker. He wasn't, he wasn't that draft though. Well, it's um, not Josh Rosen either. I'm trying to think here. Um, 
I'm trying to think Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. No, no, Sam Darnold hasn't won a game yet this year. I don't oh, know I'm sorry. I, I, I thought you said five and 25. I'm sorry. Uh, it has to be Lamar Jackson. It does. It does. And while people are saying, you know, defenses are, you know, gearing up towards them and slowing them down and everything else. What's your thoughts on that? The guy's 25 and five. I mean, he ties a record. It was an MVP last year. They won against the uh, Colts this past weekend. You know, you know, do you think he doesn't have the deep play threat? Uh, he's got a couple tie. He's got a tight end, but I don't know. This team, there's no stud, stud players like that, like Tampa Bay has, you know, for example. I mean, they just got Antonio Bryant. Maybe that'll be the go-to guy. But what's your thoughts on Lamar Jackson as a whole? I think I think it's a two-prong. I think Lamar is struggling a little bit this year. There is some accuracy issues. That being said, I mean, our defense is catching up to him a little bit. Well, shoot, I would hope that these coordinators that are getting paid millions of dollars, you know, could come up with some sort of a scheme to slow him down at some point. If not, then what are they getting paid for? And, I mean, and also I think that his lack of what you really touched on, his lack of real – Skill position help is killing him right now. Sure. Um, I, th- I, was, I saw the stat. I might have mentioned it last week on the show. I'm not sure if I did. They're 31st in separation going into the last week of receiver separation. So these guys are getting, you know, no separation for Lamar to throw the ball off of. I mean, Lamar's not necessarily the most gifted arm talent in the world. He's a very good thrower, but not. He's not Mahomes. And, yeah, the, the running game has slowed down. Dobbins hasn't been great. He's been good. And Ingram, you know, is hurt. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of factors. But yet they're still plugging away and they're winning games. So, you know, the, all these things that we're mentioning, this is wrong. That's wrong. Lamar is not this. You know, skill position isn't this. Running backs are no good. You know, they're still winning games. So, you know what? There's kind of – kind of the old defense. Solid, yeah. defense. solid defense, solid base, very good organization. I think an organization that's kind of right there, just under the the Steelers and the the Patriots over the last you know twenty years, maybe yeah. of a you know consummate you know always there, always there, always there. A little bit have had a, a few more downs, but not many. And you know the reality is is that you know maybe a couple of these things get fixed, and Lamar's off to the races in the last um, few weeks of the year, and they're looking like a super a true Super Bowl contender. So give them their credit. Sure. Okay, so another another stat of the week stat that stood out to me is Mike Tomlin, who I who I never think gets the amount of uh, credit other coaches like Andy Reid. I, th- I don't know why people give Sean McVay so much credit. I think he's still too young to get the amount of credit and praise that he normally does. But I would put him in the same conversation with Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Steve, they're, David, they're 8 no, all right? This is the 14th straight year with him as the head coach where they've got, where they're going to finish 500 or better. What makes Mike Tomlin so good? And why do people not give him the respect that he's, I think he's due, you know? If I was going to say why people don't give him the respect that he's due, it's, um, it's called Bill Belichick. Okay. And Bill Belichick has, you're, you're coaching in a time where you have the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion, coaching and if not bill belichick's far beyond the greatest coach of the era so i think that a lot of people you know well sean McVay a couple of years ago was that big fad because he was that younger coach coming through this rank and boom you know it seemed great 
Tomlin has gone head to head with Bill Belichick this in, his entire tenure. You know, whenever he started, maybe 2008 or whatever it is. So he's had a bunch of games where they've fallen short, and that's not necessarily his fault. You know, I mean, he's also Bill, won a couple of Super Bowls. He's also won a couple of Super Bowls. So, so I'm saying I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to be objective on it. I think I think Tomlin is the the second or maybe third greatest coach of this era. I think it is he's the second best coach of the era, and I don't think you know. I think you could argue maybe a few others, but I don't think that it's really close as who is the second best. And sometimes that's what happens. It's like you've got Michael Jordan and then, you know, Tomlin is Tomlin. You're I'm trying to think of someone like, is he a Hakeem Olajuwon who won a couple of championships in between the Michael Jordan era, but no one ever is really going to remember it sure. the way that it sh he should be. Do you think that he's just he's a guy that's just not outspoken? Really, just doesn't look for it. I mean, let's not forget he got rid he got rid of Le'Veon Bell, he got rid of Antonio Brown, and you know I believe he does a great job preaching the values that are are, are uh, Pittsburgh football. They've been traditional values, you know, hard work, you know, grind it through it, fight through it. You know what? This is our culture, and we're not changing for any player or anything else. I mean, when he got rid of Antonio Brown, everyone probably thought he was nuts. In reality, Antonio Brown's been on four teams since since he's left, you know? So I, I think I think he knows what he's doing. I think he deserves a lot of credit, and I think you're right. He might be the second best coach in this era behind Belichick. Yeah, I, yeah, I just think – and I think what, you're, what we realize is that him and Belichick have – I won't say the exact same values, but from the surface on the outside, they have the same values, you know? Yeah. I mean, they will get rid of anyone on a moment's notice, and, you know, they, they're uncompromising. He's certainly uncompromising, and he don't care. And you know what? It works for him, and there is no there is no player that's bigger than him in that, pro, in that program, organization, whatever you want to call it, you know? Awesome. I mean, if, he, if he needed to, he'd get rid of Big Ben. <laughs> Yeah, well, it also helps that he has a stable quarterback for the most part yep. during his tenure to have that. Of course. All right, All right David, so we're going to jump into one of my favorite topics, pump the brakes or go full throttle. Um, so are we going to pump, pump? Are we going to we gonna go full throttle? There we go. There's a sound I like to hear. So, David, after Sunday's win, yeah, are the, are the New Orleans Saints going to be representing the NFC East, uh, NFC in the Super Bowl? Are you all in on that? Or are you pumping your brakes a little bit? Um, I'm gonna go all in. I, I think I think that they're the best team in the NFC. I mean, I'm not saying it's a lock by any means, shape, or form, but they kind of have started. They have shown signs of it. Um, if they can get that home field advantage and not have to go up to Seattle, I know. Forget the fans or anything like that, but just the comfort of the dome. Maybe this year they are poised. Drew Brees has choked in the playoffs many, many, many times. But, you know, I think that the defense is very, very good. Offense looks, you know, look to be humming with Mike Thomas back. If Mike Thomas is, if Mike Thomas is healthy, Drew Brees is healthy, I'm going to go all in. If, and, he's not, and he's not beating up other teammates and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah well, if Mike Thomas doesn't – yeah, yeah, yeah well, we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so – Here's something that's another crazy stat I've, I've seen. The NFC East will hold three of the first seven picks in the 2021 draft. Do you believe that's that's very that's going to be valid? And are you all in to say that the outside of the Eagles would stand at three, four, and one, which is a terrible, terrible record? 
but they are the division leaders. Are you willing to say that the Cowboys, the Washington uh, team, and the New York Giants will be all picking within the top 10 in 2021? Within the top 10, yes, probably. Okay. Okay. So you're going all in with that one. All right. I honestly saw another stat that the Giants have lost their last three games by a total of six points. Um, which makes me think they're a pretty good football team. And, you know, they play the Eagles this week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, David, the last one I got for you is Denver Broncos quarterback, Drew Locke, had a solid week. He's been up and down. He Is he the present? Obviously, he's the present. But is he the future's quarterback in Denver? I don't think so. You don't? You think uh, him and Daniel Jones? What about Daniel Jones? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, like, Drew Locke, was, like, this year, I know there's a little bit of injuries, like, had, like, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, something like that for the year. It's it's good, not great. I mean, he, he Drew Locke's one of these guys who can make every throw on the field. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, there's more than going into just throwing a ball 50 yards one time and, you know, beating the defense. I think he's a good quarterback. He just you're, you're, It's always going to be left for wanting more. Okay. See, so you're not all in on that at all. Or, or no, not, not at all. Okay. All right. I agree with you. All right. Jump into my other favorite segment, David. It's time to show some damn respect. Okay. Organization what they respect. Laker Nation what they respect. <laughs> I want my damn respect too. Should we be giving the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tua Iloa some damn respect after the win against Arizona on the road? I, I definitely think so. I mean, this is a team that I've been very high on the head coach now for about, for, you know, since I was very high on, on Brian Flores as a coach after they were like 0-3, 0-4 last year. And then like the next like few games, and they were getting blown out by like 40. Like, like, like we had never seen anything like the, the way that they were getting blown out, right? They traded away all their players, you know. It was a complete dumpster fire. And all you were hearing the first few weeks was, well, Flores has time, you know, the the owner, you know, said it's okay. You know, they're they're going through transitions. That's why they got all these first round picks. And then out of nowhere, you know, they started, you know, Fitzpatrick starts playing a little bit better, this, that, the other thing. And you know, they started playing hard with a very bad team last year. Yeah. And and they made this year. There's a lot more talent, and the team is still playing just as hard. And, you know, they've got Tua now who doesn't turn the ball over. So I, I give them a lot of respect. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And, you know, it's interesting. I think is a superstar. It's interesting because we talked about last week, Peter King, uh, NFL legend, reported that Tua is basically just trying out to see if he was the future. And Brian Flores oh, adamantly denied that. Did not yeah. know where that report came from. And it looks like it looks to me that he's done a good job uh, with regard to standing in there and taking taking it on his own. So I, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's time. To, Miami's a threat. Now, are they going to win the NFC or AFC East? No, I think that's going to go to Buffalo this year. Obviously, the Patriots yep. have fallen off completely, but there's a, I think there's an outside chance that they get into the playoffs. So I will definitely give them my damn. Well, I think they're what's called right now. I think they are projected for that seven seed. So uh, yeah, that's uh, where they they sit in there. So yeah, I think um, definitely. With a weak division, I think they'll make it. I think because they got the Jets again. You know, they got the Patriots again, who don't look great. You know, I think definitely have a very good chance of making it. Okay, so 
David, there's another guy that I, I always think he's under the radar. All right. Mm-hmm. He continues to be the league rusher and he continues to pound and grind and does all right. Derrick Henry, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. And I think we need to show him some damn respect. Don't you? I agree. I think the thing that uh, my thing of why he goes under the radar, which doesn't make it right, is the fact that he's not a pass catcher in a passing league. You know, your Alvin Kamara's. Um, um, I'm I'm at a loss here. Miles, Miles Sanders, Todd Gurley, Miles Sanders, your your Gurleys, your when Saquon he was Barkley. out two years ago, Saquon Barkley, those guys who catch it and go for a ton of yards through the air seem to get all the love, but. I mean, Derrick Henry is the best running running back there is in the NFL, and there ain't really much behind that. I mean, McCaffrey obviously is the most dynamic because he can run and catch the way, but there's no better runner than, than Derrick Henry. Sure. All right, so I don't know if you're ready for this or not, but are you ready to put Kyler Murray in the top five as a quarterback because he, he's, because of his legs, because of how how accurate he's been? He's put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, if, if you're a fantasy owner, Kyler Murray's the best quarterback you have. Yep. And I will give him his damn respect for that because he, he's on my team, David. Uh, so I, is he ready to be – are you ready to annoy him as a top five quarterback? Give me a yeah. second here. Let, let me look. Let me look. That's, that's a great question. You're, you're, you kind of caught me off guard there. Um, uh, from a passing perspective, you know, you can take out uh, – my opinion, you can take out some of the guys who are sitting up top – uh, with Matt Ryan because they're on lousy teams. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm not willing to put him in my opinion. If you were talking fantasy football, of of course, sure. like there, there's a lot to be said for it. He, he's not. He he won't make my top five. But I'm looking at right now. I mean, you got Wilson, you have got Mahomes, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Um, I'm gonna take Big Ben this year okay. for the eight. You know, I think. Kyler's knocking on that door of like six, seven. I'm still going to go Lamar for today. Okay. And Drew Brees and Brady, maybe. But yeah, Kyler's right there. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely I mean, shrinking the gap. And when I, when I say that, I could, I would have to respect someone's argument if they just said, hey, you're you're an idiot. Da, da, da. Kyler's this, that, and the other thing. I'd be like, okay, you're probably, you, you might be right. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do our pick six. Uh, obviously, we don't have the resident rover who uh, we'll get has his picks eventually. Uh, Maybe. if not, he just goes 0 and six and just go always a dinner. Four fits that rule, okay? So, as a whole, you went four and two, you're 34 and 20 overall. I went three and three, and I'm 34 and 20 overall. As you as you continue to see the trend, you and I seem to flip flop <laughs> every week. Uh, uh, Dave, Spencer, Spencer went three and three. He's twenty three and uh, thirty one as a whole. Um, which, while well, he puts himself eleven games out of five hundred, um, okay. Spencer needs to start making up some ground quick here, or or so dinner, been, the bill is coming quick for him. Yeah, the coin went. Uh, the coin went uh, two and four. Uh, uh, the coin actually went three and three as well, and it's eleven and seven overall. Okay, so Thursday night we have Indianapolis at. Tennessee. David, can Indianapolis, where are you going? Is Indianapolis going to respond and not off Tennessee down there? I think Tennessee is very well built for these short turnaround games. I know, I think a team that can run the ball and things like that, you know, I I, I don't know where I came up with that theory. It just seems like they're built for the short turnaround. I, there's nothing to back that other than that, just my feel. I'm going to go to Tennessee. Uh, I already had I already had Tennessee down, so I'm gonna back it as well. Uh, 
we can do the coin. Uh, 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 heck, we can do it now, I guess. Um, so put the coin. Sorry, I was not ready. There we go. So head says it's uh, ten, uh, Indianapolis. Tail says Tennessee. And it's tails, so it's going. It's going with us. It's going with us. Right. Okay. The uh, the other game we got is the Eagles at the Giants. Why is this game one there? Well, because it's actually could determine the division. I think. It, uh, I think it literally determines the division in the sense that if the Eagles win. I I, I see no outlet. <laughs> yeah. So, is uh, will the Eagles? What do you What are you taking? I'm going to. I'm going to. St- I'm going to take the Giants. I think they've been playing well. Um, I just, I, I just don't think that anyone. I have this weird theory that no one in the NFC East will make this easy on anyone this year. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the Eagles because I remember last time I wanted to take the Eagles, I didn't, and uh, the Giants almost helped me out by that, but blew an 11 point lead with five minutes to play. So the coin is going to take it is heads. They are going with the Eagles. Coin. Okay. All right. The other game, another game we have is Buffalo at Arizona. Buffalo, huge win against Seattle at home. Now goes on the road to Arizona. Who do you like? Buffalo at Arizona? Yeah. I'm going to – at Arizona, I'm going to take Arizona. I agree with you. Um, I will take Arizona as well. I think it's a rebound game for them. And I also think I, – I, I want to see more consistency. I, want, I really think that – Arizona, it's going to be a good shootout. That'll be a fun game to watch. Head says it's Buffalo. Tail says it's Arizona. The coin's going uh, Arizona. All right. Uh, this is another interesting game. The reason we, I, we, I put it down there is because we have two rookie quarterbacks in the two and six. San Diego, uh, oh, sorry, the LA Chargers versus Miami's uh, five and three. David, where are we going? At Miami. Um, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Dolphins here. Okay. Okay. You're going to take in the Dolphins. All right. You're, you're pushing the envelope. I have agreed with you. I will take Miami as well because, you know, I just think they're playing. They, they're not low. They're not losing games that Justin Herbert seems to be losing down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, if, they, if, they, if they lose, they lose. But yeah, as I said, I see no evidence. And like, yeah, Justin Herbert has found ways. Justin Herbert plays great the first 50 minutes of the game and then somehow kind of crumbles right at the end. Well, the coin has decided it is going to go with the Chargers. There you go. All right. The other game we have, uh, Seattle versus the Rams. Seattle. I'm going to take take Seattle. Yeah, me and you were really. (laughs) Going out on big limbs today. Yeah. All right. The coin is going to take. Uh, the coin's going with the Rams. Okay. And then we have the final game, the Bears versus the Vikings. <laughs> Too ugly. Dalvin Cook's been rocking lately. I'm going to take uh, the Vikings on the road here. Yeah. Well, I don't argue that, David. So I'm glad we, there's only one game we went against. All right. Yeah, so, um, I, and the coin says it is – oh, it's going with the going with the Bears. So The Bears. Okay. All right, David. It was a little bit quicker. Obviously, there was a key factor in the – into uh, what didn't take place. We didn't hear any uh, comments from the resident rover. Well, hopefully we hear from him next week and we get back into it. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. We will be catching up later this week. We're going to talk about college basketball, get a college basketball preview I, show. I think, I um, think yeah, we do college basketball. Maybe we're going to do an NBA draft preview show at some point over the next week. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. David, where can our 10 listeners find us? 
Um, well, if our 10 listeners are listening, they've already found us, but maybe our 11th listener <laughs> can find us on Sp- Spotify, um, Google Play, the Apple iTunes Store, anywhere you can download the podcast. We're available, I think I saw the other day on like, like 13 different forms, and there's more forms of podcasts that I had never even heard of. So if you can d- download your podcast, you look for the changing of the times, you will find us. Sounds great, David. Until next time. Until next time. It's changing the times.